This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. It's Thursday, June the 30th, the end of the month already. And first today, two men who forced their way into a Dartford home and carried out a violent knife attack have been locked up today. A man was left with life-threatening injuries after being repeatedly stabbed at his home on Farnell Road last November. He'd previously been threatened in Temple Hill Square. Well, now a 20- and 23-year-old who knew the victim have been sentenced to a total of more than 20 years. Well, here's some detail about the pair. Grant Odeja from Knights Manor Way in Dartford and Elias Spencer, who's from South Road in the Forest Hill part of London, were convicted of wounding with intent and possessing machetes. But the trial descended into chaos when the verdicts started to be returned with threats and violence. Our reporter, Paul Hooper, was in court. Paul, can you tell us in a bit more detail about what happened? Hi, yes. Staff at the Crown Court have witnessed over the years many outbursts following verdicts, especially in highly emotional cases. Most people just storm out after uttering a few choice words either at the judge or others, but the angry words which greeted the foreman of the jury yesterday were truly shocking. After delivering the first guilty verdict, someone in the public gallery shouted, No, there's no evidence, as he moved towards the jury in a menacing manner. Mayhem followed, with members of the jury bursting into tears and security officials wrestling with a man who then left before the jury announced the rest of the verdict. The group were later ushered out of the building, still crying and shouting, as police began searching for the man accused of what is described in legal terms as a contempt in the face of the court. Now one man has been arrested and has appeared in front of a judge who told him that he was writing to the Attorney-General so that contempt of court proceedings may follow. And unlike the day before, the judge also ordered members of Adija's family to remain outside the courtroom while he decided what action he was taking. Ironically, it was a quiet and sober end to one of the most stormy cases I've ever witnessed. And depending on what the Attorney-General may decide, it may not yet be finished. Thanks ever so much, Paul. The victim of the stabbing told the court how he'd been left unable to work following the attack and spent several weeks in a wheelchair. The two men who carried it out have also been banned from contacting him or his family for 10 years. Now, PC Scott Spedding led the investigation and this is what he's had to say. There can be little doubt that Odija and Spencer are excessively violent and extremely dangerous offenders. They subjected the victim of this case to a terrifying and frenzied assault and were clearly intent on causing the most harm they possibly could. It's only down to good fortune and quick thinking from his associates that the victim was not fatally wounded. You can see mugshots of the pair by heading to the story at Kent Online. Kent Online News. Ambitious plans have been revealed to try and stop Chatham docks from being turned into housing. Developers want to build more than 3,600 properties on the site in Medway, but local MP Kelly Tolhurst is among those campaigning to keep it open. She's joined businesses to launch an alternative idea for the area in Parliament. Phil Taylor is from Arcella Mittal Kent Wire, which is based at the docks. Well, it's clear, for Chatham docks, we want to keep it as a working dock and employment site. 
uh, and you know that that's the, the only vision that we have for it. It would be nonsense to shut the docks down and and uh, have houses built there when it's such a thriving, vibrant operation already. The key for us is Medway Council. They have to maintain, or we want them to maintain, their, their planning policies which fully protect Chatham Docks. So in essence, we've asked Medway Council to do nothing but maintain that, that core strategy and planning policy. Chatham Docks then will remain a working dock and employment site and it won't be developed for housing. We've got one chance now to save what is left of Chatham Docks. If it's not saved now, it's gone forever. So the future for local residents and their families to find jobs on their doorstep, well paid, with good career prospects, gone forever. So that's why local residents should care. We are a responsible neighbour. You know, local um, members of St Mary's Island do appreciate that we're trying to do our best in, in, uh, in the operation. And so that, that's why they should care. Well, they're hoping that adding more industrial space and upgrading port facilities will create more than a 1,000 extra jobs. The council's also being urged to help protect the site. Let's hear now from the MP then for Rochester and Strood, Kelly Tolhurst. I want to see Chatham Docks uh, improved, invested in, in order to create our levelling up agenda, but also creating further employment, further economic development for the towns, which I believe the maritime sector using that wonderful piece of of infrastructure can deliver for the local people. Local residents should uh, care because obviously one, um, the history and the facilities that, that we have here at Chatham Docks, but also the fact that you know what's important to the economic uh, economic development of Medway is the opportunities for young people to get to go into high-skilled, high-paid jobs and also and have jobs on your doorstep rather than having to travel far and wide for those engineering and high You can let us know what you think by commenting on the story at Kent Online or by heading to our socials. An investigation's underway into how a fire that spread to a shed and fence started in Tunbridge Wells. A woman had to be rescued following the blaze at a property in London Road in the South Brett area yesterday afternoon. Meantime, a person's been treated for the effects of breathing in smoke after a motorhome caught a light in Sheerness. Firefighters and paramedics were called to Marine Parade when the blaze broke out last night. Crews managed to put out the flames and it's not known yet how it started. Another fire we've got details on damaged two motorbikes and a property in Tunbridge Wells. That blaze is now being treated as arson. Firefighters had to tackle the flames in Springfield Road two weeks ago. And finally, a Gravesend man who set fire to a woman's home after threatening her has been jailed. Brandon Jones filled a can with petrol and poured it through her letterbox in March last year. The victim and her child had to be rescued rescued from a first-floor window by firefighters. The 24-year-old from Thistledown has been locked up for eight years and will serve another four on licence when he's released. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A boy's been treated in hospital after being attacked by a group of teenagers at a park in Ashford. He's said to be recovering following the alleged assault near the bridge which connects Victoria Park to Beaver Road on Saturday. A man's been charged after a £4,000 chain was stolen from a jewellery shop in Sittingbourne. A 30-year-old is accused of trying it on in the store on the high street last Saturday, then running away whilst still wearing it. He's due in court at the end of July.
A man from Dartford's been left waiting more than five hours for an ambulance. The 79-year-old had fallen over his wall while putting his bins out and despite repeated calls to 999, it was his neighbours who eventually came to help. CCAM, the ambulance service that covers Kent, have apologised and say they're doing everything they can to reach those who need assistance as quickly as possible. Now, if you've been online looking for a job recently, you'll know there are loads available. So, with unemployment employment still pretty high. Why aren't people snapping up vacancies? Our business editor, Chris Britcher, has been looking into this issue for us this week and he joins me now. Firstly, Chris, can you explain the figures in a bit more detail then? Because to me, they don't really add up that much, do they? Hi. No, we're very much in uncharted territory here. On the one hand, we have record low unemployment. On the other record numbers of vacancies. Now, clearly this is highly unusual and there are a number of factors which play into this. Certainly the pandemic has changed many of our attitudes to work, but also we've seen a huge drain in the labour market, obviously as a result of Brexit, and of course concerns from many foreign workers about living and working far from home, given the turbulent few years we've had. Add to that mix, we've seen a number of those aged 50 plus opting out of the workplace altogether. They're thought to have left during the pandemic and haven't as yet come back. Why is this a problem? Well, obviously firms need staff to grow, and across all sectors there simply aren't enough people. This is particularly concerning given we are heading towards a possible recession where firms need to be staffed up with the right calibre of worker to enable them to ride out the storm. Do you reckon after the pandemic our opinions towards work and indeed the work-life balance have changed then? Undeniably. I think you only have to look at the number of firms which now offer hybrid working. Many people enjoy the ability to work from home and combine it with things like doing the school run or walking the dog and, of course, not having the commute. Now they want to maintain that level and, of course, companies have realised they can trust their staff to do the work necessary and not have the office, not have to be in the office sorry, to do so. I think, to be honest, this work-life balancing is going to continue, but it may be a case that the economic squeeze makes people reconsider. Now, you've been speaking to the boss of Shepherd Neem, Britain's oldest brewer based in Faversham. What have they been telling you, firstly, about trade? Well, the good news is, is the pandemic, I think, sharpened everyone's focus on the value of going to a pub or restaurant. So, despite the huge blow Shepherd Neem experienced by having to shut its pubs for so long, we're going back. The bad news is there are real fears that as the cost of living squeeze continues, we may opt to cut down on our nights out, which, in turn, will of course hurt trade. Jonathan Neem, the firm's CEO, however, thinks we now value a drink out with friends and family so much we may ring-fence that spending. We'll have to wait and see if that's the case. And what about recruitment? We know hospitality was one of the worst affected industries during the pandemic. Have they managed to get staff back? That was certainly the perception, wasn't it? But what's happened now is that while many left hospitality because its future at one point was so uncertain, the problem now is across all sectors and all industries. Shepherd Neem, like others, is still down on staff numbers, with about a 20% higher vacancy rate than pre-pandemic. To combat it, it's reviewing the amount of paid staff and is underlining that, despite preconceptions a few years ago, the industry has now great career potential. Again, we'll have to wait and see if that works out for you. Chris, thanks ever so much. And you can read his reports in full by heading to the stories at Kent Online. Kent Online reports. A teenager's been left with nasty injuries in Broadstairs after being dragged 30 feet through a bush and along a path as she tried to cling on to her horse's reins. The animal had been spooked by a speeding van driver who overtook them as they were crossing Daincourt Road. 18-year-old Rosie Buck now wants a safe crossing set up for horse riders. The council say they'll consider 
or requests by residents. You can see pictures of those injuries at Kent Online. An off-licence in Gillingham has been allowed to keep selling alcohol despite being linked to fighting, road racing and a robbery. Police say Baba Food and Wine in the High Street have been adding to the town's street drinking problems, but the food store had argued it had brought in new measures to address concerns. It has, however, been banned from selling certain drinks and must increase CCTV. Fences have been put up around the site of a controversial new housing development near Folkestone as work there continues. 150 homes and a leisure centre are being built on the seafront at Prince's Parade in Hythe. A nearby play area and car park will have to close in September and campaigners are also worried about the impact the scheme will have on wildlife. Roads bosses reckon chopping down a row of trees along a road in Canterbury will improve safety, but critics say it would be a travesty. There have been several crashes and near misses outside Waitrose on St George's Place in the city. It's been suggested trees in the central reservation are removed to make it easier for drivers to see, but those against it reckon it's the speed of vehicles that's actually the problem. An £18 million revamp of a Medway Leisure Centre has, as expected, been given the go-ahead. Bosses want to create a new fitness gym, swimming area and fun pool on the site of the old splashes in Raynham. It's hoped it'll open in the summer of 2024. Kent Online reports. A few more development stories now and bosses in Medway have given the go-ahead for a new brewery and taproom. Moot Brew Company is set to open in Upper Horning near Rochester. They've also been given permission to sell alcohol on and off-site. It's been approved despite concerns about the impact of increased traffic. Could we see a new Netflix or Amazon series being filmed in Kent? Well, film studios being built in Ashford, linked with the streaming giants, are now going to be part-owned by a development company set up by the council. It's bought the majority of shares for several million pounds. There are also plans for a new hotel and a rooftop restaurant there. If you get frustrated with your children spending too much time on a computer, imagine this. A Minecraft player from Kent is hoping to build the whole of Gravesend in a virtual world. George Walker is part of a group trying to replicate the UK within the game. The 19-year-old, who's from Longfield, has been telling the podcast why he got involved. Minecraft is a game where you build things out of blocks, kind of like a virtual Lego, really. Uh, Build the Earth, we're trying to use that to build the Earth on a one-to-one scale in Minecraft. I sort of always wanted to build my school in Minecraft, and... When I heard about this project, I thought this would be the perfect place to do it. Um, and I just went from there. Uh, it was the start of lockdown um, and I decided to go ahead with it. And since then, I've moved on to other areas around Gravesend, such as the station and now the Gurdwara. First, we've got to make outlines. Um, so we have a command that takes longitude and latitude coordinates and teleports us to that place on the Minecraft world and we can use that to get to the corners of the building and then we can make the outlines from those and we use sources such as Google Maps, Bing Maps and Street View. Buildings that are very detailed can be quite a challenge because you can only place in Minecraft it's only the blocks are one meter in length Um, so it can be quite difficult to get the small details in for the Gurdwara it was mostly myself really Um, a couple of other people helped to 
finish it off at the end. Um, but it probably took around six months to complete the whole thing. There's still a lot to go, really, and I just want to keep exploring and keep seeing how far I can get. Well, George has already spent six months on it and you can see a video of what it looks like by heading to the story on the website. The first member of the herd of bison is due to arrive in a Kent Woodland next week. A female is being moved down from Scotland to live in Westbleen and Thorndon Woods between Canterbury and Herne Bay. She'll soon be joined by two more females and a bull travelling over from Germany as part of a £1 million rewilding scheme. And finally, a photographer has spent more than 50 hours creating an incredible time-lapse video showing the spectacular movements of the night sky in Kent. Chris Cork says it was therapy to do it after losing a lot of business for his printing company during lockdown. You can head to the story at Kent Online to see the footage. Kent Online Sports. Tennis first up and Kent's Emma Rajikanu is remaining positive despite her straight sets defeat in the second round at Wimbledon. The US Open champion was overpowered by Francis Caroline Garcia on Saturday to court. The 19-year-old, who's from Bromley, says the increased attention on her at her home Grand Slam had no impact, though. Obviously, it's tough to to lose any match, but um, I think that Caroline played a great match. I mean, she is a great player, and uh, I struggled to find a way through her today. But it's okay, because um, coming into this, I didn't really have many expectations of myself and playing on centre court again was again a really positive experience for me so um, yeah I can take it going forwards. I you know declared myself fully fit when I walked out onto the court on the first day but I've played seven hours of tennis in a month so to, to even compete with these girls at this level and win a round is I think a pretty good achievement. Since the French Open the biggest thing has been my time on court has been extremely minimal I mean I really did not train very much and you know that's due to different sort of niggles and and things that have been lingering around so that's obviously something I'm going to be focusing on like still physical um getting getting my body ready and uh yeah just play tennis basically I'll just get better um I'll just look at what's not working what's what my weaknesses are improve them and um you know, it's it's good for me, although these lessons are coming every single week. It's just a reminder, like, you know, you got to do this, this and that. And, and it comes from different players, so it just highlights it. And uh, yeah, for me, it's just something to improve on. Of course, it will make me a better player because, you know, they're just highlighting all my weaknesses. And then, you know, when you do it on a big court like that, it's, it's definitely magnified. And, you know, it's it's just great for me to, to get all these lessons at such a young age so that when I'm in my mid-twenties, then I'll, I'll have those issues or little glitches in my game sorted. There's no pressure. Like, why is there any pressure? I'm still 19. Like, it's a joke. I literally won a slam. Um, I am 19 years old and... Yes, I have had attention, but I'm a slam champion, so no one's going to take that away from me. And um, yeah, if anything, the pressure's on that who haven't done that. The Brits have been doing extremely well, especially in the last few weeks on the grass. And, you know, they've kind of carried that through and through Wimbledon and everyone's been doing really well and inspiring each other. So I think that's a great thing for British tennis in general. 
And um, yeah, I wish them all the luck for this tournament and will definitely be supporting them. And the baton bearers have been announced for the Gravesend leg of the Queen's baton relay for the Commonwealth Games. It'll be paraded through the town next Friday after passing through Tunbridge, Folkestone, Dover, Deal and Canterbury. Olympic boxer Chevon Clark and Parabols player Michelle White will be among those carrying the baton. You can see the full list at Kent Online. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. You just need to subscribe. Head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review as we check out Lucky Chip in Folkestone. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.